Welcome to this week's Opera Cheat Sheet. I'm Sinjin Flynn. And I'm Eric Skelly. And this time we're talking about John Adams' Nixon in China, a work that you have a uh, an intimate involvement with, Eric. Yeah, I'm really proud of that, I have to say. It's, it's, a, it's a work that was premiered here in Houston when we opened the Wortham Theatre Center, actually, in 1987. And I was working at Houston Grand Opera at the time, and I worked on the promotion of Nixon in China from soup to nuts, all the way from the early rehearsals all the way to opening night. And um, what a privilege. It really is a privilege. And I, I, I just have a deep love for this piece that is anything but objective. <laughs> but um, it's a piece that has certainly proven to have legs. It's, it's got no less than two commercial recordings. It's had a PBS broadcast. It has had a movie theater simulcast within the last couple of years, and it's been all over the world in in, uh, numerous different productions, not just the same one traveling from company to company. So this opera is here to stay. And in 2011, it got its Metropolitan Opera debut. Indeed it did. This was John Adams' first opera. Yes. Categorize it in terms of where it falls in the history of the development of opera. Well, that's an interesting question, because at the time that it was announced, I remember I was at HGO at the time, and, and the first time I th- looked at this you know, news release, and went, we're doing an opera about Richard Nixon, really? <laughs> and there was a lot of joking about that at the time, before anybody knew what it was going to sound like or look like. Once it had premiered, and seemed to engender a lot of other operas ripped from current headlines... I don't remember which publication it was, but someone dubbed it uh, CNN Opera. (laughs) Uh. And, you know, the other, its successors were not as successful. Nixon in China, I think, is standing the test of time because it has very accessible music and music that that, that is memorable. At the same time, it grounds itself in operatic traditions, actually. It has an extensive ballet sequence. That is, uh, it's a modern opera, but the ballet sequence that was performed, at least in the world premiere, was very traditional, using very traditional dance elements. At the same time, you have what we uh, came to refer to as the Mauets, which is the trio of secretaries to Chairman Mao. It's a, it's a female trio. And that's a, a trope that goes way back in opera. You can, you know, think of the three ladies in waiting to the Queen of the Night and the Magic Flute, the Ride Maidens, uh, Rosette, Poussette, and Javotte in Manon, uh, the, the the three nymphs in Dvorak's Rusalka. You know, you always have these trio of female voices that act uh, in in uh, in concord all the time throughout the opera, going you know as far back as as Mozart and you know perhaps even further. So with the Mauets, you know, it's one way in which John Adams sort of roots this opera in, uh, in an element that seems very familiar to folks who have been going to the opera, while at the same time introducing them to subject matter that is very current and very new. The major players, the major roles are uh, Richard Nixon, Pat Nixon, Chou Enlai, who was the Chinese premier at the time of right. the visit, Mao Zedong, Chairman Mao, and his wife, Mrs. Mao, right. and Henry Kissinger. Who is our comic relief. <laughs> <laughs> and this is all based upon that historic visit of Nixon to China in 1972. Exactly, exactly, and opened up China to the West for the first time in, uh, I don't know how many years it was before that. Give us a sense of, of what takes place in the opera. 
Well, the first act is all about uh, the arrival of the Nixons. Uh, and the expectations of, of the Chinese people before they arrive. And then, there, of course, there's the big dramatic set piece, which is the arrival of Air Force One. And in the premiere production, of course, Air Force One literally descends upon the stage and uh, Dick and Pat and, and Henry Kissinger, you know, come forth from it. So there's there's that scene, there's the, the meeting with Cho Enlai, and it's really just establishing characters at that point. Uh, and at the, the Cho Enlai is there at the airport to greet them. He certainly is, as are the Mowats. <laughs> and then the act ends in a big banquet scene with a huge choral uh, scene in which they're all toasting their success. Uh, Ganbei is the traditional Chinese toast. You'll hear that a lot uh, in a sort of a fugue that ends the act. And it's uh, it's a very thrilling, exciting musical moment. Act two focuses on Pat Nixon. Begins with Pat Nixon, right. absolutely. It's a very long soliloquy for her, actually. Establishing who she is. You know, she's, uh, she, she sees herself as a very humble figure, a very plain person. You know, someone who sort of comes from a very plain background. Well, you'll hear it. I mean, she, she very plainly tells you who she is and what she's about. Uh, is there a solidarity or an attempt at solidarity there with the Chinese? Absolutely. She's, she's, she's basically you know, going through her head tr- and trying to make a connection with the Find Chinese. Find a commonality. And exactly. And then she, there's a series of, of vignettes in which she's uh, taken on a tour of China, and she visits a pig farm, and she visits a, a factory, and, uh, and you see her interacting with the Chinese people. That gives way to... The heart of the piece, I think, which is it's the most exciting and the most kind of chilling and terrifying, actually, in a way. And that is the, the big set piece, which is the, uh, the Red Detachment of Women Ballet. It's a performance being given for the Nixons by Chairman Mao and his wife. At the Peking Opera. Exactly. And you actually see the ballet on stage and it's uh it's fascinating and the line between art and reality begins to blur a bit and and richard and and dick and and pat are sort of drawn into the story and pat is really getting kind of upset over the things that she's seeing at the end of the scene madame mao (laughs) chang ching stands up and just decides she has to take control of this situation and so she ends the act with this Wow, this really dazzling, dramatic coloratura showpiece, I Am the Wife of Mao Zedong, uh, in which she, as Pat did in the beginning of the act, she states who she is and what she's about, and she is one scary lady. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, you know, you should be scared because, you know, history has shown she was... The power behind the throne. More than that, she was pretty ruthless and... and, um, yeah, not a nice lady at all. Because at one point, Pat Nixon rushes onto the stage. She's so convinced that what she's seeing is real. Exactly. That this this woman is being whipped. Yes. And that separation between art and reality has totally broken down. Right. And the figure that's playing the um, antagonist in the ballet is Henry Kissinger. Although it's not really Henry, but, you know, it's, again, lines between reality and art are, are, are extremely blurred at this point. Act three is the evening of the last day of the visit. Exactly. And it's all about um, the principal characters in the opera are reflecting upon what's happened. What does this mean? What does this mean about us going forward? It's it's a bedroom scene, actually. They're all in their bedrooms that night, 
and you see them relating to one another and uh, and talking about talking through things it's uh it's also the where the um the the uh, the musical germ of his chairman dances comes from which if you if you don't know the opera but you know john adams you've probably heard the chairman dances uh it's a, a suite for orchestra that uh that he created based upon themes from act three of nixon in china and Cho en lai sort of gets the last word in the opera and he asks how much of what we did was good right what what is it the the heart of this opera what's it all about because on on the surface it's about nixon's historic visit to china in 1972 but what are the broader themes that uh, adams explores well i mean you could you could argue that it's about the individuals behind these epic events the individuals who made it happen who are they really who who really was nick richard nixon we know the whole Watergate stuff was in the future at this point. But what what drove him? Uh, and we sort of get a glimpse of that in Act One when he sings this this big uh, aria news. He talks about making history, and he's, you know, he's making history. We're making history. The whole world is watching us. And this is, this you know, this seems to be what, what motivates him. Cho and Lai, I think you, you very rightly pointed out, is, is sort of the heart of the piece. He's the one that's asking the, the really tough questions. Is what we did good? Did we do good today? What will ultimately be the outcome of this? And so we can see in some respects this as a continuation of operas like Boris Godunov. Very good. Based on yes. these historical figures and a sort of sense of, of their place in history. Yeah, we know the big actions, we know the big epic events, but who were who were these people behind these big actions and what drove them to do what they did? John Adams, Nixon in China. That's this week's Opera Cheat Sheet. I'm Sinjin Flynn. And I'm Eric Skelly. Thank you for listening.